In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. Well, and thanks for being here, everyone. I have a question for you. What does a Special Forces A-team member and highly successful entrepreneur and humanitarian have in common? Well, apparently quite a bit. (laughs) After growing up in a small mill town in rural western New York, today's guest spent eight years with the U.S. Army's elite Special Forces, commonly known as the Green Berets, and has subsequently parlayed this unique experience of serving on the Special Forces A-teams to the business world. And he's certainly taken that business world by storm. Larry Broughton is here with us today, and he's been named Ernst & Young's prestigious Entrepreneur of the Year, the National Veteran-Owned Association's Vetrepreneur of the Year, Coastline Foundation's Visionary of the Year, and was named on Entrepreneur's Entrepreneur Magazine's Hot 500 list of this country's fastest-growing companies. What an impressive list. And Larry is also a keynote speaker. He's a best-selling author and the founder and CEO of Broughton Hotels, as well as Broughton Advisory, and that's a strategic vision, transformational leadership, and elite team-building organization with clients ranging from entrepreneurial startups to Turner Broadcasting to the Pentagon. Impressed yet? Well, there's more. Larry has become one of this country's leading entrepreneurs, and he's here to tell us what the amazing secrets behind his success are, and he's also going to reveal what he calls his five-star strategy for significance and success. I am so thrilled to have you on the show today, Larry Broughton. Marla, thank you for having me on. This is going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, it's totally going to be And I'll tell you, when I read your bio and did a little bit of research, I thought, what an amazing background. I mean, here you grow up in this little mill town, right? And then you go into the Special Forces, the Green Beret, and and then you come out of there and into the world of business, and you've achieved so much. I mean, you've had so many companies. You've helped so many companies grow mm. uh, it, it just incredibly. So what? what's your background? I mean, how do you, were you inspired by an entrepreneurial family? Was there a mentor? What What happened here? This is so cool. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> well, besides being a little bit schizophrenic, which most of your listeners will probably pick up on uh, today, 
today on, on the show. Um, you know, I, did, I was not born into an entrepreneurial family. In fact, uh, I remember the, the advice that my father gave me when I was about ready to graduate high school, which was barely graduate high school, by the way, um, was that the best thing I could do is to get a job at the post office um, or um, some other governmental agency because of, a, of the security that it provided. So I can't say that my, um, my family was uh, you know, willing to take on that entrepreneurial risk, but I guess, you know, even at a young age, I used to fantasize about owning my own business, and um, I didn't know how I was going to do it because, I, like I said, I barely graduated high school. Um, as it turns out, I found out later on I'm dyslexic, and I didn't realize that until I was in the military. But um, I just always loved the idea of having freedom, um, and I knew that I don't know how I knew it, but at a young age, I knew that uh, the entrepreneurial lifestyle was going to provide the freedom um, that I wanted to do a lot of different things. So, um, nope, didn't have an entrepreneurial background, didn't have an entrepreneurial um, family, but uh, just kind of found my, my way into it. So, That's amazing. I, 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 wish I, could, I wish I could say, yeah, I was surrounded by those types of folks, but I wasn't. So I think the lesson there is that anybody can kind of do this stuff. They really can. You don't have to be born with a silver spoon in your mouth, because I certainly was not. We, we didn't have a lot of wealth or um, affluence uh, in my family. So I think um, it's, a, it's a great lesson, I think, for everybody. So what inspired you, Larry, to join the military in the first place? Wow. Well, um, it depends on the day that you catch me and the, the, the story <laughs> I'm going to tell you, okay? <laughs> uh, some days I say I was on the run, <laughs> and just trying to get away from the lifestyle that um, uh, I was in in very rural uh, New York. And on other days, it's uh, honestly, it was because back then I was, my twin brother and I were martial artists, and we were teaching uh, martial arts. And the rumor that I had heard back in 1982, a long time ago, for most of your listeners, uh, was that. Um, the, the Army was going to be sponsoring the first uh, Taekwondo team. There was going to be a demonstration team at the Olympics, the 1984 Olympics. And so I had been traveling around a little bit uh, doing martial arts and really loved it and was a, you know, I wanted to get out of where I was living. And so I thought that might be the ticket out. So I went down to the recruiter's office to try to convince them to take me onto the Special Force, or not Special Force, but onto the Army Taekwondo team. Okay. I didn't know at the time that you actually had to be in the Army to do that. <laughs> um, I thought they just sponsored it. So he ended up, I know, I'm not a smart guy, Marla. I heard you, I heard you laugh at me. Um, but uh, what he did end up doing is getting me to uh, talking me into taking the ASVAB, which is the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery. Um, and what I realized at that point, it's an IQ and aptitude test. I realized at that point, actually, I am a smart guy. Um, I have a pretty high IQ, as it turns out. And so they, uh, he said, listen, you can do whatever you want in the Army, as long as kind of an enlisted guy. Um, you could even try out for Special Forces. And I didn't really know what Special Forces was at, the point, at that point. But he said, hey, if you try out for it and you make it, great. But if you don't, you're going to be a cook in Alaska or a truck driver in Louisiana. You'll be on what they call the worldwide assignment. Whatever the Army needs, you're going to do. So to me, that was good motivation. So I tried out for Special Forces when I found out what the Green Berets were, and and thank goodness I made it, um, yeah. and I did quite well while I was then. So that's kind of the long-winded version on how I went from <laughs> rural New York to being in the Green Berets. 
Otherwise, you might be a world-class chef by now. Who knows? Uh, that's right. <laughs> that's absolutely right. In some so, days, I probably would feel, feel a whole lot better than what I'm doing now. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Sure, no I know. Okay. It's the fact that you have so much going on in your life. But you, had, you had the foundation, though, of Taekwondo, which, which obviously meant that you had some discipline. But, mm-hmm. you know, being in the special forces, I know that you have to stay in peak condition all of the time. And not even professional athletes have to do that. I mean, they have yeah, their time right. off, right, in between seasons and such. So what kind of mindset, how did you keep that thinking going and that mindset during such a young phase of your life uh, yeah. to, to be so disciplined? Yeah, you know what? It started even before the, the martial arts thing. And um, say what you what people will about the Boy Scouts. I was in Boy Scouts as well. And um, what I learned there, and I became an Eagle Scout, and is that um, they talk a lot about basic foundations, and each rank is based on the, what you learned the rank before. Same thing in martial arts. You really learn the basics. If you don't have the basics, you're never going to become a black belt. But So I kind of took that uh, into account. But over the years, what I realized is that, yeah, this whole positive mindset stuff that we talk about and that what your show is built on is so vitally important. But it's hard every day to get out there and maintain this positive mindset, isn't it? I mean, boy. Yeah. If it were just mindset, we'd have all kinds of achievers and success people out there, and frankly, the world would be a whole lot, lot different. But over the years now, I've got lists of all kinds of things, you know, 12 steps to do this, 15 steps for that. But really, if you boil everything down, to me, it seems like there's just five critical elements if you want sustainable significance in your life and you really want to be successful. And the first one is you've got to remove the negative chatter from your life because we're, we're just bombarded with it daily, and it starts at a young age, right? You bring a report card home in second grade, and you get, you know, three A's, a B, and a D, whereas mom and dad spend all the time. And I, I find I catch myself doing this with my kids as well. Um, you, you spend time talking about the D, or if you have a performance appraisal at your job, it might be an hour-long appraisal, and you might do great in all these areas, and they spend maybe three minutes on that, but they spend the rest of the hour beating you up over the one area where you're not very good at so I believe you've got to remove negative chatter. And how I do it is I, several years ago, I had to kind of call. I had to cut all the, the negative people out of my life. And sometimes those are family members, sadly. But sometimes you've got to make the tough decisions. And so I cram out as much negative stuff as I can. I replace it with positive stuff, whether it's flashpoints that I write every week and distribute or I read daily devotionals or whatever it is. The second thing I do is I focus on my strengths. And I try to track people to my team who complement my weaknesses. They mm-hmm. augment my weaknesses. We, we don't really spend a whole lot of time in, our, in the organizations that we build trying to make people's weaknesses better. It's a waste of time, I think. Imagine, Marla, if you were on a team where every day you got to go in and all you had to do is work in areas where you were strong. Wouldn't you feel awesome? Yeah. <laughs> imagine if, everybody, if, if, if everybody around you was doing the same thing. You know, so we focus on strengths. The third thing is, hey, this mindset stuff is great. It really is. But if we just sit around and only think positive thoughts and not take rapid action, then we're just going to be, you know, sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows in our fantasies and our dreams. So the third thing is you got to take rapid action. The fourth thing that I think so many people forget, Marla, is that life is about challenge, and we're going to have failures, and we're going to make mistakes along the way. And so I encourage people to expect and embrace failure. 
Because it's not whether you're going to fail, it's how do you respond to the failures. Do you curl up in the fetal position in the corner and lick your wounds? Or do you do what we did in the military? They called after-action reviews. After every mission, we would come back and we would say, hey, here are the things that went right. Here are the things that went wrong. We didn't place blame on each other. And we said, here's what we're going to learn and do differently the next time. If everybody did that with everything that they did in their life, boy, we would get to our goals a whole lot quicker. And then finally, almost most importantly, is you have to be tenacious. So number five is never give up. Never, ever give up. When you identify what is your mission in life, some people call it your why, when you figure out what's your mission in life, what are you really passionate about, you move towards it and you just keep moving out and you don't give up. So to me, those are the five most critical things if anybody wants sustainable significance and success in their life. Mm-hmm. Those are key and very valuable points. We're going to go, go into break in just a few seconds, Larry. And when we come back, okay. I'd like to explore a little, uh, a few of these a little deeper, okay. um, especially the one around failure and not giving up because, as in my experience as a business coach, people have a really hard time with that. Yeah. So your further insights about that. And you are here listening to The Million Dollar Mindset with guest Larry Broughton, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Thanks for being here today. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management, the holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness, how emotions are directly related to physical illness and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVette will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVette Live, every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Get ready for resources, tools, and support to help you build a successful business and live an awesome life. It's the Women's Business Success Show with your host, founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Each show will feature a special guest interview. Tara will bring you highly successful entrepreneurs sharing their stories of success. You'll hear about the challenges they faced along their journey together with the advice they have to help you achieve more. You'll also hear from various personal and business development experts sharing tips, solutions, and strategies that you can easily implement into your business and life for amazing results. For more on Tara and her show, check out her website, aofwe.com. Then join us for the Women's Business Success Show with your host, the founder of the Association of Women Entrepreneurs, Tara McHugh. Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. 
If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset from Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And we're here today with serial entrepreneur Larry Broughton, whose upbeat, creative approach to business has been featured in the Los Angeles Times and the New York Times, Entrepreneur, Mag- entrepreneur Magazine, national radio shows, and every major cable network that you can imagine. And uh, Larry has grown so many successful businesses. And Larry, going into break, we're talking about expecting and embracing failure and and never giving up. And in my experience, you know, I tell my clients who are rolling out new products and and, um, new promotions and services to fail fast and fail often, you know, rather Mm -hmm. than spending years of money and time pain developing, get it out there, see what works, and then expand upon it. They have a hard time embracing that because failure can really knock people down really hard. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I mean, from from a young age, people are, you know, you you fail at something, and then what do your friends, you know, do? They say, oh, maybe this isn't right for you. Yeah. You know, but (laughs) over and over again, some of the best companies, best organizations out there have been built through failure. Um, There's a mural at the uh, Honda Motor Plant in Japan that says that uh, success is 99% failure. Now, Honda doesn't just, doesn't just make great Honda Civics, right? They make some some of the best uh, aircraft engines in the world, some of the best motorcycle racing engines in the world. They're a world-class organization. And you're right. There's not enough people who talk about failure, uh, I don't think. And if you look at organizations like uh, FedEx or PayPal or Zappos, there's a lot of organizations that we know today that if they hadn't failed along the way and made course corrections along the way, they wouldn't be the organizations that we know of today that have been absolutely world-changing. So I do the same thing. I'm glad to hear that you, that you do that you talk about this stuff too. There's a great book out there that I oftentimes often refer to people. It's called Getting to Plan B. And what it really talks about is, you know, breaking through to the best, you know, the best business model that you can have for your organization and oftentimes that comes from failure. I think the author is um it's two people. I think it's Mullins and Commissar. Um yeah, it's uh, John Mullins. So I, you know, failure is so important, and you know, you listed all those great things that uh, the great successes that I've had. But you know, I've had tons of failures <laughs> along the way as well. And then, and people who spent any any length of time with me have heard me say this over and over again that I think that we learn more from our failures and our defeats than we do from our success and our victories um, if we have the right mindset. And I think that's what sets entrepreneurs apart from a lot of people is that uh, we tend to accept that we tend not to take failure personally. Um, and um, and we kind of suck it up and drive on. Mm. I think failure is just critical. It's absolutely critical. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What what are some? You mentioned entrepreneurs being different, and you know, I know yeah. that entrepreneurs are are risk takers ideally, and they can bounce back and really learn from failure. What what other qualities and such do you see in entrepreneurs? Well, you know, um, I, there's certainly the stereotypical. Um, you know, elements of entrepreneurship, and you mentioned one of them, you know, being willing to take risk. And there are some people who think that entrepreneurs are absolute risk takers, but I learned this a couple of years ago from a guy who is a, a professor of entrepreneurship uh, from Syracuse University, Dr. Mike Haney. They did a big survey on leading entrepreneurs, and really what they found was that entrepreneurs aren't any more um, 
you know, prone to take risk than anybody else in society, which really surprised me. That was the biggest thing I found from this. What they're willing to do is take calculated risk. They don't get paralyzed by risk. That's the key. That's That's the key is not being paralyzed by it because too often we just say, well, gosh, I failed once. Um, I can't go out and do it again. But somehow entrepreneurs tend not to take it personally. (laughs) And that that, that tends to be detrimental to a lot of relationships that that are in their life, right? Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes significant others who see their spouse fail, they, they want to love on them. They want to protect them and say, gosh, you know, maybe you should just try something else. But in actuality, that's where the entrepreneur is getting their fuel, is going out there and living on the edge. I, I equate the modern-day entrepreneur to what we – how would we define and describe explorers, right, and the early pioneers like Magellan and Columbus, the folks who would say, hey, there's something out there beyond the horizon. I don't know what it is, but I know that there's something out there. I can just feel it in my gut. And entrepreneurs, I think, know that. Like They'll be walking down the street and they'll see a vacant parcel and they'll say, boy, wouldn't it be amazing if this were there? Or they see a product that just isn't really working and they figure out, how am I going to innovate that? But entrepreneurs are constant innovators, I believe, um, and they're always trying to figure out, how do I do things a little bit better, a little bit faster, a little bit differently? And um, hopefully the best entrepreneurs, I think, are those that are always looking – how can I make the world, how can I make my community, how can I make the end user of my product, uh, how can I make their life a little bit better? Mm-hmm. When you take that, it's called servant selling, I think. <laughs> so yeah. servant leadership. We hear, we hear about servant leadership, but this new market that we're moving into, which I call a relationship economy, is about just serving everybody. So if you can be a servant seller mm-hmm. as well, then it, um, I think the world is going to be a, an awesome place. Yeah, it's so exciting to be at at the the edge of that. At, you know, oh, right geez. at the beginning of this change because we've yeah. been uh, <laughs> we've been needing this change for a long long time. Oh Larry, man! Yeah, it's, it's yeah, I agree. So I agree. Too. I agree. And you know, the funny thing is, I know a lot of your listeners are women, and. Um, I think that women are going to play a critical role in this new economy that we're moving into because they get this relationship stuff, Marla. They really, really get it. And I think we're moving from this experience economy into a relationship economy. And, you know, men aren't going to be relegated to the salt mines, I oftentimes say. But if men don't get that women are going to be stepping into these leadership roles in every segment of society, then they're just going to be left in the dust. But women understand, I think, more innately about serving other people, about building relationships um, than, than men. So I think it's, awesome. it's an awesome opportunity for all of us. Yeah, I agree. It certainly is. And women, many women are just embracing that leadership role as it's coming yeah. upon them. And Thank goodness. So, yeah, it's so refreshing. Larry, yeah. you were voted um, by Coastline Foundation the Visionary of the Year. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the visions that you've had and, and how you've expanded on them and, and brought them to fruition? Yeah, well, what I've done, so that was a real, it blew me away when I was honored with, with that, first of oh, all, so yeah. thank you, Coastline, um, because when I found out who else they were considering, it just kind of blew my mind. So I think one of the things that kind of set me up for this is that in all the organizations that I get involved with, I really try to create a culture where ideas are rewarded, and, um, and so what I try to do is not live in just my own little vacuum, so I try to develop visions for organizations just by going out and living life. I mean, as corny as that sounds. So here's one of the things I do. I'll go to a magazine stand, 
and I love magazine stands, by the way. Um, and if you, people don't know this, there are magazines for every niche or interest that's out there. I mean, you, you know, I mean, whether it's crocheting or basket weaving or fitness or high tech, you name your interest, there is a magazine for you. And so what I like to do when I, before I get on a plane is go to a great magazine stand, not just the ones that you go, you know, you get in the airports, but go to the, some of these great magazine stands and pick out magazines for interests that I've never, that I would never you know, that I'm not really that interested in. Okay. And when I start seeing an article in Crochet Magazine and a very similar article on the same topic in a motorcycle magazine and then also in a news or business magazine, then guess what? There's a trend starting to emerge there that, that goes beyond just that one specific industry. And so that has helped me out uh, a lot. But I don't think that I received the award for that. I received the award, I think, because I was willing to step out and try to make some of these crazy ideas that I've got um, reality. And some of those crazy ideas include the stuff that we were just talking about, accepting that women are going to be stepping into leadership roles and then helping them get there. Um, accepting that particularly veteran entrepreneurs, uh, helping veterans move into the entrepreneur space because most people don't understand this or they don't know this, that veterans start businesses at a rate four times greater than the general population and they experience almost twice the success rate. All right, well, if that's the case, shouldn't we be um, holding veteran entrepreneurs to kind of a higher status and saying, well, gosh, if we're going to, if you if you're to learn how to play basketball, you wouldn't go to the guy who got booted off the junior varsity team, right? You'd go learn from the guy who's in the pros. So why shouldn't we be learning from the best, adapting those kind of best practices? So it's those kind of things. And then just speaking about it publicly, I think they recognized that and thought, well, gosh, maybe this guy ought to be recognized uh, for his efforts. And so the lesson there, I think, for everybody is, hey, we all know this stuff. I am not any smarter than anybody at the next guy down the street. But I'll tell you what I'm not afraid to do is to speak up. I'm not, when I see something, I talk about it, and I try to get people around me talking about the same thing. And because we embrace failure here, um, if a great idea comes out of it, great. But if we just totally bomb on it, that's not a big deal either. And so it gets everybody – it gives people permission to, to dream big, have blue-sky thinking. So I don't know if that answers your question, but – Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. I love, I love okay. the magazine idea as well. That's a great – you know, I go to writing my my articles that for for Ink Magazine, and you know you do that once a week for five years, and <laughs> you start yeah. to feel like you're running out of content. Yeah, so I, yeah, I might yeah. just follow suit on that. Well, like, you know, I remember my, my older brother when he was alive. God rest his soul. Um, he I could open up his briefcase, and I always knew it was going to be in there. The Economist, Newsweek, and Time. Every single uh, that's all he read. I thought, oh, my gosh, what a boring existence, you know? Like, have some fun, you know? <laughs> Got yeah, to see what other people are doing. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Larry, we're about to head into another break, and uh, when when we come back, I, I just can't wait to ask you more questions and, and, okay. and learn more about what you're building. Um, meanwhile, folks, you know, make sure to check out this week's article over at Inc., especially if you work from home office. You know, working from the home does have its perks, but a lot of people, engage in a psychology that actually keeps them from going after the big prospects and landing
having those big clients because they work out of their home office. And, and it keeps them thinking small. The fear keeps them thinking small. So go on over to Inc. this week and check out what those big fish clients are actually thinking and saying about all of us who work from our tiny offices at home. You might just be surprised. So you'll find that at Inc. INC.com slash author slash Marla hyphen Tabaka. And after you read that, just come on right back here in a couple minutes to join me with Larry Bouton and uh, learn more about his secret sauce to success. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life. Amish Wisdom with Suzanne Woods-Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central. Each week, Suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the Amish without going Amish. She'll cover the practical, simplicity, slowing down, reducing clutter, putting the brakes on materialism, the historical, how have the Amish survived for 400 years, how can we hold on to what we hold dear, and the spiritual, treasuring important values, honoring the past, and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on Toginet.com. Are you ready to start rocking that woo-hoo that only you do? Because Lisa Stedman is on a mission. She will dare you, challenge you, enlighten you, provoke and empower you to bring out that inner woo-hoo. Lisa is an internationally acclaimed best-selling author. She is a breakup expert, a brand consultant, CEO of Woohoo Inc. and the Woohoo Radio Network. She will show you how to take your boo-hoo and turn it into woo-hoo. Get rebellious and get real. Get your dreams off the back burner. Get inspired and motivated to take action. Start rocking that woohoo that only you do in love, life, and business. She is going to be here for you every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset from Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And we're here today with Larry Broughton sharing practical tips and savvy insights on overcoming adversities, facing challenges, and living a more productive, high-impact life. And Larry, you certainly have done that. And, and I know that you not only 
uh, work from a strategy viewpoint with with your clients, but you're also a great mentor with the two entrepreneurs. And one of the questions that I get asked very frequently is, "Well, how do you find a mentor? How do you mm-hmm. how do you ask somebody to help you? <laughs> what are your thoughts on that?" Yeah, that's a great question because, boy, there are a lot of people out there, Marla, who are passing themselves off as gurus and mentors and coaches. <laughs> so fi- yeah, so finding the right one is, um, I think, a real challenge. And I think it's like anything else. You have to do a test drive. Like if you're buying a new car, you're going to go out and test drive. Hopefully, you're going to go out and test drive a couple of cars. You can do a little bit of research. Um but um, sadly, there are a lot of entrepreneurs who are what we call high quick starts, and we don't do that kind of stuff, um, and we end up making emotional decisions based on where we are right from the start. So, you know, on I would start by um, developing a board of advisors, first of all, for, for anybody, even if you are a solopreneur, you know, you're, you're working by yourself. Um, you know, we've all got teams, even if we are the only person in our office, because oftentimes we have what we've got graphics people they might be 1099 people you know they might be working down the street or they might be working in the philippines for us you know or we have spouses there are people who help and support us along the way but oftentimes we can't turn to those folks and ask for business advice right so i would encourage people to develop a board of advisors and if they if people want i wrote a couple of articles on this um they're on my blog at um if you just go to broughtonadvisory.com go to the blog section and there's a little search engine there and uh, type in board of advisors. I give kind of real practical step-by-step um, uh, tidbits on how to build a board of advisors. Now, that's a little different than doing the mentor, right, or, or the coach thing. But I think you just need to start asking people. Um, but there, there, are, there are elements in that article that talk about this. Sometimes you just got to ask for help. Um, there are paid mentors and paid coaches, and there are the type that who just want to uh, feed positive information into your life just because they love, respect you, and um, agree with your with with your mission. So, but you got it just like anything else. You got to ask around. Hey, you've got a business coach, or I see uh, Joe. Josie, entrepreneur, you're having tons of success. How are you doing it? Do you have coaches uh, and mentors? So I think that's one way to do it. There are a lot of uh, mastermind uh, groups that are out there as well. And the same thing, Marla, right? There's a lot of people that are running these mastermind groups who have built their sole business model is, um, you know, just selling their coaching programs instead of actually being in the space that you're in. So I would encourage people to surround themselves with people who are bolder and brighter than they are. Really, that's what we're asking, right? Whether it's a formal mentoring program or coaching program or a mastermind group, the key is you have to you, – you, if, you, if you're always the smartest person in the room, that is the kiss of death for entrepreneurs yeah. and leaders, right? You, you can't – you've got to surround yourself with people who are bolder and brighter uh, than, than you are. Um, and of course, you know, you can always do the whole Google stuff, you know, start Googling or start, start looking for mentors and coaches that are in your area um, and literally do an interview process with them. Find out what's their process of coaching and mentoring, because there are formal relationships and there are informal relationships um, on this kind of stuff. So th- that could be a whole show right th- right here on how do you pick the right, uh, right mentor. Yeah, yeah, it's I could, and I think it's important to also mention the value of virtual mentors. And, and oh my gosh, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, oh my gosh, with Google Hangout and video yeah. chats and all that kind of stuff, it is so easy 
Now, to build really powerful relationships with your mentor and your mentor with you to help you through this stuff. You know, the truth of the matter is this. I've been blessed. I've worked with, as you said earlier, startup entrepreneurs and Turner Broadcasting, the Pentagon, and other large organizations. And you know what I've learned? And interviewed hundreds of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders. And here's what I've learned. We all have the same problems in business. We really do. It's just the magnitude. It's the scale that's different. But at the end of the day, they're all the same problems. So if you can find uh, a mentor or coach who understands this stuff, uh, it doesn't matter whether you're, if you're in Los Angeles and your coach is in New York, you, you can build a strong relationship through the virtual uh, world that, that's, that's out there right now. But, you know, the in-person masterminds are really powerful, too, because yes. you build relationships with other people. Um, and if, I want to share just a quick story, if I can, Marla, um, yep. about a mastermind session that I had two years ago. It was two years ago, actually, two years ago in January. Um, I think most people understand the concept of masterminds, right? You get a group of people together, they all, you know, who are going to support each other in their in their business. So I was having a group uh, mastermind in um, Santa Monica back in January, whatever, two years ago, 2011, I guess it was. And one of our coaching clients was a guy named Larry Yatch. Larry Yatch is a former Navy SEAL, hardcore guy. He is a real war hero. You can Google him. You'll, you'll find out the real deal. Larry's the one who planned and executed the first mission into Iraq, secured the oil platforms, um, then went on to Tikrit. Now, they're expecting to lose 50% of their team when they secure those oil platforms. So imagine you being a, a leader of a team, knowing that 50% of your team is not coming back. You want to talk about pressure? Holy oh, smokes, right? Most of us can't fathom. We can't fathom that, right? Oh, well, no. guess what? They they lost zero team members, okay? <sighs> Which is awesome. So, in our mastermind, we kind of go go around the room and um, we do hot seat sessions. So it's time for Larry's hot seat session, and he and he gets up and he says, "All right, first of all, I just want to share this with everybody in the room. I want to share with everyone the scariest, most difficult thing I've ever done in my life." And everybody knew this guy. They knew who he was. They knew or, or, or who he is. They knew he was a Navy SEAL. So everybody kind of leans forward on the edge of their seats like, this is going to be an awesome story. Larry's going to share with us the scariest, most difficult thing he's ever done in his life. So he says, folks, the scariest, most difficult thing I've ever done in my life is start and run my own business. Oh. All right. So this is oh, a Navy SEAL. If he, if he says it's the scariest, most difficult thing we've ever done, why do we think, Marla, that we can do it on our own? Yeah. We have somehow we've got it in our heads that um, I can run a business on my own. This whole myth, this lone wolf myth, is not reality. No. It's just not. It makes for great movies and great books, <laughs> right. but it, it's not. It's, it's not true. It is not true. So people have. To, if, if they take nothing else from this call and from the work that you do, I hope that it's this: surround yourself with people who are bolder and brighter than you are. Get a mentor, be part of a mastermind group, and take the world on by storm. So that's that so, fabulous. I think it's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's true. It takes a lot of courage. And, uh, it does. Even in the moments when you're sitting there feeling like an absolute fa- failure, you know, those are the moments when we need to go back and count our successes and mm-hmm. what courage it takes to step mm-hmm. into those 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 risks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, uh, that's a great point. You know, you got to remind yourself of the successes that you've had in life. And, you know, some people call them glory walls or some people call them, you know, ego walls or whatever it is. You've got to have some place in your life that you can turn to to say, you know what, 
Yeah, I have had some failures, but you know, I've also positively impacted people in the world too. Because yeah. if you're not if you're not a good cheerleader for yourself, no one else is going to be either. And one of the I've got tons of mantras, and one of mine is this: failure does not define you; it refines you. It makes you stronger. Yeah. Right? It's how do you respond to it? So failure doesn't define you, folks. It refines you. Embrace it, expect it, and then just move out. Yeah, bounce back from it. Right. Yeah. Right. Larry, I experience so so often, too often, going into sessions with my clients, and they'll come into the session sounding kind of down, and, oh, I just, I haven't gotten much done since we last talked. I'm not really proud of myself. And then we start talking, and she starts to realize, oh, my gosh, I have gotten so much done. Wow, I'm pretty incredible, <laughs> aren't I? Why do you think it is that we did these small daily successes that way? Oh, man, well, I think that most entrepreneurs who are seeking success, they have very high standards for yeah. themselves. Um, and I get the same thing, Marla. And so I, we need to encourage our clients and folks that we work with, lighten up on yourself, you know, just lighten up. Mm-hmm. One, so I mentioned earlier these splash points. I just mentioned it in briefly, brief passing. So every, every Tuesday I send out to my tribe uh, this thing called Flashpoint, and it's just about 130 words of positive encouragement or a little message to get people thinking. Um, and I started writing them several years ago just for myself. And I'd pin them around on, you know, my refrigerator and my dashboard of my car to inspire myself to keep moving forward, right? Well, one of them uh, started out like this. If we let someone else talk to us the way we often talk to ourselves, we'd slap them. Isn't that true? <laughs> we don't let other people talk to us. We don't let other people talk to us the way we, the, the mental chatter we have in our minds. Why do we do it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. again, you've got, it, it really, it's like any other muscle, though. Like, if I'm going to go work out in the gym, if I don't do legs on a regular basis, I'm going to have very skinny legs, right? So my upper body might be very strong, but my legs are going to be very weak. Well, it's the same thing with this kind of mental attitude thing. We have to practice it. We have to put positive stuff, whether you're listening to positive messaging in your CD uh, as you're driving down the road or you start out each morning putting positive things in your brain and then the same thing before you go to bed at night. These are very simple things that I promise you. You know, now I'm some old grizzled green beret, right? <laughs> you know, I do this stuff, and I have seen world changers do this stuff from Olympic gold medal athletes who are friends of mine to some of the best CEOs and entrepreneurs that you know, that if you're turning on TV right now, right now that I know, who do the same stuff. You know, every morning I start my morning with a, I have a seven-minute routine where I just, you know, get centered. This is before I check email. I get centered. I read some positive affirmations. I do a little bit of, you know, prayer, and then I go on and take on the day. And a buddy of mine started me on this, you know, a couple of years ago, just seven minutes. We can find seven minutes in the day, and it just changes your mind. It changes your, your perspective. And then you- do it before you go to bed at night. Yeah, and so you spend that 14 minutes a day, Larry, but I'm also hearing you say that throughout your day. You're reminding oh, yourself through your, your actions. And yeah, yeah. I think you have to because, you know, there's so much negative stuff that we deal with. Yeah. You know, I, I, I read a study several years ago, and I don't remember the stats now, but the amount of negative stuff that we, talk to, we, we, um, we tell ourselves throughout the day, oh. you know, you're walking down the street and you glance in the, the window, uh, the reflection of the window, and you say, oh, I'm too fat, or I'm losing my hair, or I wish I were different. That kind of negative stuff, it seeps in. Or, you know, um, you had a 
bad day at work or a great mark, what you thought was a great marketing idea totally bombed. Well, we end up kicking ourselves for it. Instead of saying, man, I am so glad that I failed on that because I'm going to learn this, this, and this, and I'm going to come back like a rock star. Oh, and we it. are going into our final break. Time is just flying here. We're here with Larry Broughton, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Second chances. We all deserve them. And we are all worthy of them. Second chances. With your host, Midge Noble. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on TogiNet is like coming home to warm, fresh-baked cookies. A hug from Grandma. Or an enthusiastic greeting from your dog. Second Chances, hosted by Midge Noble, a licensed professional counselor, is affirming, warm, genuine, validating, and thought-provoking. Second Chances is a place to be heard, a place to laugh, a place to cry, and a place to be seen. For more on Midge and Second Chances, check out MidgeNobleSecondChances.com. Then be a part of a show that will change how you think, how you feel, and what you do. Give yourself the gift of second chances and see where it will take you. So take a deep breath, open your heart, open your mind, and join host Midge Noble for Second Chances. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Get ready for smart health with your host, Dr. Glenn Mia. Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Smart Health is a one-hour program dedicated to discussions, interviews, and news in the ever-changing world of medicine. Information leads to smart choices, and smart choices lead to a healthier lifestyle. That's the quote of host and broadcast journalist Dr. Glenn Mia, M.D. This magazine-style radio show is a fast-paced program bringing together medical experts, authors, and patients to examine what works and what doesn't in staying healthy. Dr. Glenn Mia is a board-certified physician in pediatrics and internal medicine. His philosophy to wellness starts with an investment. He says proper nutrition, rest, and exercise are the best personal investments to maintaining good health. So join us for Smart Health with Dr. Glenn Mia. Fridays at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And if you find yourself in conflict with customers, employees, family, friends, whatever it is you seem to be surrounded by conflict, make sure to join me next week with my guest, Marilyn Shuttle. Marilyn is a speaker and the author of Who's Your Gladys? And she's going to teach us some practical skills that you can put to use to amp up your inner resources and dial down that stress and, and better manage your relationships both at home and at work. So make sure to join me on the Million Dollar Mind 
Mindset next week, same time. And we're here with Larry Broughton. And Larry, one of the things that, that fascinates me is is the the, the, the gamut. The, I mean, you, you have Broughton Advisory, uh, you know, Broughton Companies, which embraces, I would imagine, several companies, and you have the hotel line. How do you how do you do it all? <laughs> I mean, my goodness, I'm just, I'm just looking at this stuff. Have I, have I mentioned that I'm schizophrenic? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Okay, but, but that doesn't no, here's how I do all it. seven of your personalities to do different things. <laughs> I, there's these movies about getting clones of yourself. You know, sometimes I think uh, I need, do need to do that. However, here's how I do it, honestly. It's because I practice what I preach. I have been able to build awesome rock star teams where people are working in their strengths. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Because think about this. You know, we think, well, gosh, I can't afford – let's say that you, you've got a small company and um, the founder of the company is doing all the accounting, and accounting is just not their strong suit. And so they spend four hours or five hours a week doing the accounting for their business, you know, collecting invoices, getting things paid, submitting kind of, you know, that kind of stuff. And they think, well, gosh, that's 20 or 25 hours a a month that I'm spending on this stuff. I can't afford to hire somebody for 25 hours a month to come in and do my accounting. Well, guess what? You're not going to hire somebody for 25 hours a month because what takes you 25 hours where you're working outside your strengths might take someone else two hours where it is their strengths. So that's how I do it. Our hotel company, every year I've been blessed, we've gained market share. We keep, and our margins get better and better. We run about 20% more lean than our closest competitor. All right. Our our revenue, what's our, our average daily rate and our occupancy, is about 16 or 17% higher than the market. Okay. So we perform better than the market. We're 20% more profitable than our competition. Guess what that allows me to do? Bring in better rock star team members. When, you're all, when you are working in your strengths, you can run um, a more lean organization. And since all the people on the hotel side are just absolute rock stars, I don't need to micromanage. I literally, you know, I'll go into our executive committee meetings on Tuesdays. Here's what happened two weeks ago. I had an executive committee meeting. There was, I'll just be honest with you. There was a big, dramatic, traumatic event that happened in, 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 in our company. And so I thought, ah, literally, like in my mind is, you know, the executives are talking about this. I'm kind of formulating, oh, this is great because here's what we can do. X, Y, you know, I came up with a whole plan, okay, in my head. And so I said, okay, great. Here's what we're going to do. Da, 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 da. I listed, you know, four or five things. Our chief, operating, our chief operating officer turned to me and said, that stuff's already done. It's already in place. Oh, my goodness. So, so well, I literally joked, well, why am I even here? <laughs> you know, they're so good at what they do, they can anticipate what I'm going to um you know, suggest. And that just happens at all of our different companies. You know, when you build great teams around you, you have people that are on your team that are better than you are in their designated role. You just run much more efficiently. And so that's how I do it. So I just do what I do. My business partner, Phil Dyer, calls it the guru flyby. So I just have to fly by. I check in, make sure that we're on course, make sure that we're, you know, um, we're staying true to our core values and let everybody else do their job. Honestly, that's how I do it. Yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not rocket science. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you know values. That's just that's one of my absolute favorite topics because I think, in my experience, the majority of entrepreneurs, especially small business owners, neglect to even think about what their core mm-hmm. values are and bringing them into the business. 
Uh, if we don't do that right out of the gate, Marla, then yep. you are not destined for success. Because here's the thing. Once the market turns down, and it will, if you don't know what your core values are, mm-hmm. guess what's going to happen? You're going to compromise them. And then those yeah. people that are around you are going to recognize it as well. Because they might say, boy, that person's really motivated. But if they lack the integrity to stick to their core values, I mean, frankly, motivation without integrity is one of the things that got us into this great recession that we're just pulling out of right now. All kinds of motivated people, but not a whole lot of integrity based on core values. Yeah, exactly. They really are the guiding light of every decision you make. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Larry, tell us a little bit about your book. What's your book? Uh, I've got a couple of them that are out there. Uh, One is called Victory, um, Seven Entrepreneur Success Strategies for Veterans. And um, that is actually getting reworked right now for the the general um, audience, general entrepreneur audience. And what we did is identified through all of the hundreds of interviews that we did and our own personal experiences, identify um, the top strategies that are guiding people towards success. So Victory, although a great name for a book, is also an acronym. So we talk about vision, because, boy, vision is so vitally important. Intel, there are a lot of people who try to get into business, and they've not done the, what in the military we call intel gathering. They've not done their due diligence, right? The importance of coaches and mentors, that's the C. T is building great teams. Uh, o is for ops, because oftentimes people right, realize that, hey, I'm going to get into business, but they don't build the systems to actually replicate success. And so... Most people don't know, or a lot of people don't know this, that's the operations and the systems that you build in the business that actually add value. So if you ever want to sell your company and you don't have the proper systems, you've just devalued uh, right. the, the company. Um, uh, R is for taking rapid action. We talked about that earlier. Boy, if you've got a great, you've got great vision but you don't um, uh, take action on it, then it's just a waste of time. Um, and then the last thing, Y, is the stuff that you and I were just talking about, you Boy, the, the you, how you are built, um, the core values that you espouse and push out to the world are vitally, vitally important. Because if you don't have, if you haven't identified what your core values are and what your core values of your company are going to be, you're not going to attract the rock star people who can go anywhere else and work, right? And so um, that's that's kind of the basis of, of the book. It's been a Great, great seller, and so we're reworking that now. We're taking out a lot of the military analogies and that kind of thing and uh, doing that for the general uh, population. And I've got a book coming out here next month called Flashpoints for Achievers. I've taken on um, all these flashpoints that I've been writing for so long, and we've turned it into a journal. And so there's 365 of these things to get people thinking on a daily basis uh, about, you know, hopefully getting them, kind of give them a a tune-up each morning. So another book I wrote is called The Next Big Thing, um, Top Trends from Today's Leading Experts to Help Dominate the New Economy. So I'm a kind of an avid writer. Yeah. <laughs> I love I doing it. it gets, yeah. Because so. we, yeah, cause so we all know that, that you uh, don't have enough to do. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, I can't help my. it. Yeah. Larry, you, you say that you're – your clients are anything between the startup, the, the, the solo entrepreneur, all the way to the Pentagon. Do you have programs for, you know, people like me? Do you have anything that, you know, will help us along in our journey? Yeah, you know, in fact, um, mid-year I'm going to be launching a really high-end mastermind program um, mm-hmm. 
people have kind of pounded on me for a couple of years to really launch this thing. We do these things called success intensives, um, and I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, the first Friday of every month, we have a, a call-in where people can call in with their biggest challenge, opportunity, or idea, and we do spotlight coaching for 90 minutes. And it's free, first Friday of every month. Um, but w- this uh, mastermind program that I'm launching mid-year, we're actually going to be doing a beta program. For anybody who's followed me for any length of time, they know that I'm a big fan of pilot programs. Before you launch something to the world, Pilot it. Make sure you get some of the bugs worked out of it. And so in March, I'm doing two masterminds, um, and it's unlike I guarantee any mastermind program people have been involved with in the past because I've spent a couple hundred thousand dollars on personal and professional development, and I've seen the good and the bad and the ugly as far as mastermind programs. Right. So taking the best that's out there and putting it into a mastermind program. Um, and so if people want to kind of join us for that, it's um, – what, 1797, 1797. So that's about a tenth of what it's going to be when we launch the thing in June. But I just need critical feedback. Like, did this thing work? What are the best elements? What could we improve on? And so if people want to participate in that, um, we have two masterminds, uh, 24 seats each. I am not a believer in doing 100-person masterminds. I just don't think those are masterminds. I think those are small seminars. So they can go to broughtonadvisory.com forward slash elite mastermind. So broughtonadvisory.com forward slash elite mastermind, and there's an application process there. And it is an application process. We've got more than enough people to fill the seats, but I'm looking for the best people that we can get uh, get in there, and it's 1797. So there's the first Friday. People can sign up for Flashpoints if they want. That's free as well. And go to broughtonadvisory.com and get uh, this free free Flashpoint every Tuesday. It gets sent to you to your email inbox, or there's the mastermind at broughtonadvisory forward slash elite mastermind. I've always got something going on because I learn more by doing these things and talking to people than by going to them. Right. I, mean, I, I go to masterminds, but, you know, you know, like with, with you, Marla, when you write your article, yeah. all the research that goes into it, and then mm-hmm. you actually have so to crystallize your thoughts helps, right? Yeah, I learned so much from coaching, and, and you know, I say yeah. I learn as much from my clients as I hopefully help them learn. So. Yeah. Uh, absolutely fabulous. Well, Larry, this has just been delightful having you here today. You've okay. uh, given us such wonderful information and great food for thought, and I look forward to staying connected with you. Yeah, me too. This has been fun. Uh, yeah, it is fun. So I'd like to thank you for being on the Million Dollar Mindset. Is there a uh, little flashpoint or Million Dollar Mindset words of wisdom that you'd like to leave us with today? Yes. Keep a positive attitude. You must have a positive attitude, but honestly, it's just useless if you don't take rapid action. Take action. Just put one foot in front of the other, start out in the right direction, and take course correction along the way. So here's to your success, everybody. Thank you, Larry Broughton. Thanks, Marla. I hope that you'll all join me once again here next week. If you are engaged in conflict, you find yourself just having a hard time communicating with people, then the author of Who's Your Gladys, Marilyn Settle, is going to be on the show next week, and she's going to teach us something about some some really practical and simple skills that you can put to use immediately so that uh, people will hear you so that you're heard and so that you are better to hear the needs of others and really, really dial down that stress in your life and better manage your personal and your business relationships. This is Marla Tabaka. You'll find me at MarlaTabaka.com, and I'll see you here next week. 
Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka from Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there, and